All right, all right. Good job. Have a seat. Those of you who don't know, my name is Daniel Berry. I'm the lead pastor. This is a bit of an unusual day as it is family day. And so I want to make a real quick announcement about student community. Tomorrow they are headed towards Kings Island. If you sign up for that, please be here at 6.30. We hope to pull out at 6.45. Um, and that's the last. Oh, and bring a rain jacket because it's going to rain. But for everybody else, we're glad you're here. Um, today's sermon is going to be a little bit shorter. The service is a little different, but we want it to be kid-friendly. And the reason we want to be kid-friendly is we believe Jesus loves the kids. So kids, we're glad you're here today. Grown-ups, we're glad you're here too. I want to share one of the first verses that I was ever told in the Bible. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. Here's what it says. The children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Rebuke is a, a, a word that means kind of made, uh, told him, go away. Jesus said, leave the children alone and don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And after placing his hands on them, he went on from there. Let me read the same passage in, math, in the book of Mark. Here's what it says. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come. Don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And after taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. Hear that verse 15 again. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now, some, pe some people kind of argue over what that passage means. Let me tell you what I think it means. I think it means that unless we come with the innocence of a child, unless we understand that we are to have faith and, and trusting. Do you know that children are trusting and have faith, right? Do you, we get that, right? Sometimes we as grown-ups have been taught to not be so trusting and that people are going to stab you in the back if they have a chance and, and all those things. But kids, they don't do that. They just trust people. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And so what we're going to see is that if you're to receive the kingdom of heaven in order to have a relationship with Jesus, you need to have an innocent trust of faith. Well, and not be jaded. Jaded is kind of a grown-up word sometimes. And jaded is not a word that we really like. But jaded means that you've been taught that the world is not always nice. And I wish that we as adults would sometimes understand that there is a lot of good things about God and there's a lot of good things in this world, but we as adults sometimes miss that. And I think sometimes we were taught that even in the church. Let me tell you one of my first stories, kids, okay? One of the first times I remember going to church as a kid. And we back then, you think this is long? I'm going to try to keep this sermon to about 15 minutes today. And you think that's a long time? It is a long time. But back in the day, I went to service and we had these things called revivals. And we went to church every night for two straight weeks. And the pastor would preach for like an hour. And my mom would get me these little candies called sour balls. And you'd put them in and said, hopefully if you sucked on them until the end, they were like gobstoppers. They just did. They lasted forever. And if, if you sucked on them until the end, then maybe, just maybe, the sermon would be over. And if it wasn't, and we sucked it the whole time, we got a second one. So it was, it was a good, good strategy right there. My dentist loved it too. And so the reality is, I, I understand that. But I remember going to one of these services and, and sitting there for, for like two weeks. And at the end of that time, don't worry, we're not going to do this. But at the end of that time, the pastor got up on the, the, the revivalist and he said, if anybody wants to share what God has been teaching you, I'm not going to turn it over and let, let you come and share with the church. And I remember my heart was pounding and I went up and I stood up on the stage and I grabbed the microphone and I said something like this. I think God has taught me the last couple of weeks that I need to spend more time reading his word 
And I put the microphone down and I went and sat down. It was the shortest sermon I've ever preached. <laughs> it was my first one. Some of you are like, Daniel, go back. I'm trying today, okay? And, and the reality was in that moment, I, I felt like that's what God wanted me to say. And I think the pastor was shocked by the fact that a, a kid had come up because I think he had good intentions, but here's what he said. I think he was scared that a bunch of other kids were going to come up on the stage. So he said something along the lines of, well, I didn't really mean for children to share, but that was good, I guess. And in my spirit, I became... Like, oh, did I do something wrong? And it said to me, church is an adult world. And kids get this because, well, the world kind of is an adult world, right? And sometimes it's hard being a kid. But Jesus loves the kids, and Jesus loves us. But let, let's talk first about why it's hard to be a kid. Now, kid, around here, if, if you agree with something, you can say the word amen. So let's practice that on the count of three. One, two, three. All right, now, especially for the kids, grown-ups, be careful. I'm going to go through a list of reasons it's hard to be kids. And the kids, if you sit there and you go, that makes sense. I say amen, and then if your mom kind of elbows, you go, he told me to, okay? So here's what we got. This is for the kids. Reasons it's hard to be a kid. Feel like it can be hard to be a kid. You feel that everyone is telling you what to do. Well, apparently, that didn't really, the kids aren't really like, uh, can I really say it? You can't say amen, okay. You feel like you should be seen but not heard. Now let me explain it to you, kids. This is how it works. The first two years of your life when you were born, your mom and your dad did everything they could to teach you how to talk and to walk. And they spent the next 16 years trying to get you to sit down and be quiet. <laughs> Parents are not helping. <laughs> kids, you were told, uh, this, I love this one, one day, when is one day? You will understand like yesterday I didn't know, but now I suddenly know. I woke up today and now I understand the adult world, right? Not fair. Fourth, and this is probably the hardest one. Adults don't always treat kids the way they should. But here's the truth. Jesus cared for the children because he recognized their value. And no, this is a novel concept, but children are people too. And we as adults can sometimes forget that in training our children to grow up how to be godly men and women, that they are already supposed to be in the presence of God and they are made in the image of God and that God looks at them with value now. Not in what they're going to be, but where they are now. And isn't that freeing? Because sometimes we as grown-ups need to hear that same message too. And here's where we as adults sometimes get it wrong. Just like going back to that story I read to you. The, the moms and dads were trying to do something similar like what we do with baby dedication around here. We have a bunch of parents who come up here when, they're, when they have a newborn and, and we'll say a prayer blessing. And, and the point of that is that we as a church are going to help and pray for them and try to walk with those family as they raise their kids up to follow Jesus. But we can forget that. Kids, I'm confessing this. And as you come up and stand up, and what we, we can do is we can forget it because we can make church into an adult world. Jesus said, let the children come because I want them to know now. You see, here's, we can forget that in order for children to grow up in following Jesus, we should desire for the children to be in his presence now. You know, sometimes... 
churches do this. They, they do one of two extremes. They either make church an adult world and very stiff and formal. And, and there's nothing wrong with wearing a nice clothes to church. There's nothing wrong with the classic hymns. But we can forget that I remember being in trouble when I was a little kid because a kid challenged me to a race. I smoked him, by the way. The kid must have been slow. But then the other mom came up and fussed at my mom because I was a minister's kid and I should have known better to run in the church. We worshiped in a gym. <laughs> there were basketball goals. And I remember that struggle and feeling like, okay, I didn't do it right. And here's the good news. You don't have to do it right. But the other extreme is sometimes churches make, they have this idea that if we could just somehow make church as entertaining and as exciting as possible, then you will walk, here's the t-shirt cannon, boom, 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 and we have glitter and balloons, and we have some of those fun things today, and hear me, there is nothing wrong with those, except that if we have the idea that church is about entertainment and not about Jesus, then our kids aren't going to know how to follow Jesus. Should church be fun? Yes! Should church be exciting? Absolutely. But never replace Jesus with the entertainment. And so I think this is what we need to do. And I think this is where we need our kids. Because here's a, here's a little fact I've learned through the years that sometimes I have to be reminded of. And I love it because all the elementary teachers in this room, you are awesome and rock stars, and you help me see this all the time. I have observed that children are way smarter than we often give them credit. And they actually have a lot to teach us. Do you know that children are necessary to see the complete picture of the kingdom of God? They can teach us things. The Bible wants us to be multi-generational, and, and I see that. From the oldest person in the room, raise your hand, no, I'm just kidding, to the youngest person in the room, God wants us to, and we need each other. So here's a few things that kids can teach adults. One, trust is important. Right, kids? You want to trust the people in your life that you care for. Two, it's okay to not know everything, and learning is good. Sometimes when grown-ups get to about, you know, my age, like, and then they start there and they go, I know everything. And that's a mistake. We should be learning more and more about Jesus all the time. Third, sometimes the most obvious answer is the right answer. Parents, have you ever been like driving around looking for the place and your kids are like, dad, and you're like, not now, I'm trying to find the place. But dad, I'm trying to find the place. Dad, it's right there. And you're like, oh, And I think this is a, one of my favorite ones. God isn't so hard to find. Sometimes we as grown-ups make finding God a little harder than he actually is. We're to have a childlike faith. That's why Jesus said, let the children come. The kingdom of God is theirs. So here's the part I want us to get. As adults, in other words, as we teach our children, they are teaching us. And for the church to be healthy, we need the church to have all generations spending time with Jesus, his word, his presence. 
And as adults, it's our obligation to show children how to spend time in God's presence because they don't come out of the womb necessarily knowing how to do that. Sometimes they need us to take them to Jesus, and we do that in church, and that's a wonderful thing to do. But it's also why we need to understand our faith, our child's faith, and our faith shouldn't be contained to growing while only at a church. Why? Because we need to be in the presence of God all the time. So the family unit, whether you're a single whether you are a single mom, whether you are an orphan family, whether you um, are a foster care family, whether you're a traditional family with a mom and a dad, the family unit is the best place for discipleship, learning how to follow Jesus, to happen. But kids, let me let you in on a little secret. You may not know this. Sometimes your parents don't know how to do this. They don't know how to talk to you about Jesus. They don't know how to do a devotion with you. And you know why? No one ever taught them how to do it either. So let's change that together today. And kids, you might need to help your parents because they might need to know it's okay that you don't know, they don't know all the answers. And it might be okay for you to say, listen, if you don't know all the answers, mom, it's okay. Can you, moms, wouldn't you like that? It's okay, mom. You know, <laughs> we're going to figure this out together what it looks like to follow Jesus. No matter where you are, no matter what age you are, we can do this together. So here's what we're going to call the Monday morning application. Now, the Monday morning application, for those who don't know, is something we try to do that we've learned on Sunday and practice the rest of the week. Okay? Some of you might go, why do you call it Monday morning application if we're supposed to practice it the rest of the week? Well, kids, if you have a better idea what to call it, let me know and we might use it. Some of you are like, you don't know. I do know what I ask because they're smart. And they might come up with a better title. But the Monday morning application this week is this. I want you to have a family devotion time at least four times this week. Parents right now are having like, my kids have heard this. Now you're going to hold me to it. Yes, kids, remind them. Okay, so here's what we want you to do. We want you to read the Bible together. We want you to discuss an application step, something that we can practice together what we've learned. And we're going to learn from each other. Now, a couple things. If you're really scared by this, I don't want you to be. The fact is we're going to help you out. We actually have on yourcalvary.info four family devotions to teach you how to do it this week. And if you need more after that, that's what Jordan's here for, and we'll help you. All right? We're going to help you do that. So go to yourcalvary.info and do these devotions and come up with a family application step. Now, here's the cool part. After this week, we're starting a brand new series. And for six weeks, we're talking about how to draw closer to Jesus through disciplines, through being his disciples. And in all six of those weeks, we're going to have a family application. A way that you as a family can try to do this together. And I'm so excited that our children's minister is here. I'm so excited that we're having a a new student uh, minister here soon. And I'm so excited because we're going to have a cohesive plan. And our hope is that from bed baby till the moment you pass to the next life, we have a cohesive, uh, cohesive is a fancy word that means a, help me out parents. Consistent, thank you, consistent plan to help us know how to follow Jesus. And kids, we need you. We need you to chase after Jesus because sometimes mom and dad need that from you. Grown-ups, we need you. We need you to take your faith seriously because it's not what you want your kids to be. It's who they already are and they need Jesus now. So let's do it. For those of you who are grieving because you're older, your kids have gone, it's not too late. Keep praying for them. Keep challenging them. Those of you who are longing for something else, I want you to know we're praying for you too. 
But no matter what your family unit is alike is like, one person, you can chase after Jesus. And we're going to help you as a church know how to do that in the day-to-day process. Sound good? So now I want to do something unusual. We're going to have a prayer, and then we're going to sing some more, and then we're going to celebrate some baptisms, which symbolize people that follow Jesus. Now, in this prayer, I'm going to do what Jesus tried to do in, the, in this thing. When he said, let the children come, it was a prayer of blessing over those families. So if you're a family unit to, today, maybe husbands, put your arm around your wife, around that kind of thing. Like, you wait, am I allowed to touch in church? Yeah, you're allowed to touch in church. If she elbows you, that's up to you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you want to, to grab your kids' hands. Kids, maybe you want to crawl on mom's lap, but I want to pray a prayer blessing over you. And today, as the family unit, let's try to commit that God will bless our houses, okay? So God, in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray for healing for those who are hurting, for those who are longing for something. Maybe they have no one to hold this morning, no one in this room. To, would you be their family today? May we be their family and walk beside them, God. May they feel encouragement and power and strength and love from what you've done for us on the cross. And God, for the families in this room, we, we beg and ask for your holy anointing to fall down that you would guard the marriages, that you would guard the parents, that you would guard the children, and, and that we would be a, a bigger unit of a bunch of smaller units that are pursuing and chasing after you. God, we need you because we can't do this on our own. So would you intervene? Would you be strong? Would you be powerful? Would you be mighty? God, would you bless our families? May our houses grow up to know and live for you in the name of Jesus. For you are our Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the great one, the holy one, the righteousness, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the beginning, the end, our Savior, our Lord, and in whose holy name we pray, the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.